Hi, and welcome to Strong Enough Podcast, your relationship wellness podcast. I'm Claudia, your host, and I'm so excited about today's guest for a couple different reasons. First, he's my first official guest, so I'm really excited to have him here today. But second, I'm super stoked because he's going to talk to us about a topic that he's never really talked about before, his long-distance relationship with his girlfriend, Erin. This guy is the COO of Silver Spear Security, and he's also the security director for Shinedown. Additionally, he hosts three of his own podcasts. Please help me in welcoming John Guarnieri. Well, John, it's great to have you here today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your amazingly busy schedule um, to chat with me today about a topic that I'm, I'm guessing and I'm hoping that no one has really ever talked to you about before on a podcast. Uh, yeah, it's weird because every time I do like Spear Talk or the stuff with Zach and Paul and CB the Node or Scatterbrain with Justin, it's all topics we want to talk about, I guess. Like I control the narrative and mm-hmm. the one times I'm always caught off guard, especially on Spear Talk, is when they're, the guests will be like, so tell me about you. And it's sometimes – I obviously, I can talk about myself and what I've done and what I'm doing, my thoughts, my ideas – but there's always part of it where, man, what if this guest asked me something where I'm like, so tell me about the mental health when uh, the last campaign with Obama or, hey, you haven't seen your girlfriend in a year. Uh, how do you feel about this? Because you're talking about – I'm just like uh, – like I don't talk about that stuff, but I think it's right. important stuff that some a show like yours or a podcast like yours, I could actually – talk about that would not feel like it's out of place. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, you know, being willing to do that. Um, and so you, you do have at least a heads up on the topic. We, we are going to talk about um, your long distance relationship today and, and how you keep that going and how you make it a success. But I think to talk about that, we, we do have to talk a little bit about, about your background, which is super, super unique. So you started out in the secret service. Yes. And, and uh, yep. So and, and then you transitioned into security and music. So tell me a little bit about how yeah, that happened. Yeah. So I in 2004 2008 I went to Norwich University, uh, which is a military college um, in Vermont, just 45 minutes south of Burlington. And uh, I did Navy ROTC there for four years. Loved it. Loved waking up at morning, Reveille, the PT, all the marching. Loved it all. And junior year, 2007, my friend uh, who graduated the year prior was now in the Secret Service doing the motorcade unit uh, with the presidential limos and the beast and all that stuff. Said, John, you would love this. Put all your eggs in a basket. Uh, do this thing. Because at the time, I was like – FBI, DEA, ATF, whatever the one of those mm-hmm. stupid government three letter, four letter <laughs> uh, things were. Like, no, this is right my alley. I want to be good guy versus bad guys. I love all that stuff. And uh, so I did that after eight months of background checks, my polygraph of two days, um, PT tests, psyche valve stuff, all that stuff. Then you have to get to the training center in Georgia. You got to pass that after four months. And then after, once you pass that, you have to do another three to four months up in uh, Beltsville, Maryland, which is the uh, James Raleigh training center for the Secret Service. That's all specific to the Secret Service. And so I graduate all that uh, and I do all that stuff. The last campaign in 2012, I was home 30 days that year, and I kind of mm-hmm. got burnt out. Um, at the time, I was married. I subsequently went through a divorce, was drinking um, more than I should have. Not at work or stuff like that, but when I had two days off, that first day off, I was like, I just need to drink. And 
uh, my health, not my fitness. So I was like, I, I gained too much weight that I didn't want. Obviously, I just felt kind of down on myself. And I, so to push it forward, like a, six months, a year later, I beat my current CEO now, Chris Loudon, in a backstage at a show. I think it was actually Nickelback, uh, Bush, My Darkest Days. One that combination of those mm-hmm. bands. I see him. I'm talking to him. And he's like, "Man, that's so cool what you do." And we change info. And I'm like, "Hey, the minute I get bored, or not bored, but but really burnt out, mm-hmm. um, not because I don't love what I do, the security, the protection, and all that. Um, just the politics and just to kind of change the scenery because mm-hmm. it is daunting." dealing with all this stuff and uh he's like yeah sure so in 2014 i jumped ship we rebranded his company to silver spear security and uh it's been six plus years since and uh it's been going really great um i i do want to hit on one thing you said how nerve-wracking was a two-day polygraph uh super what because like you going into it you kind of do research on obviously you see the movies tv shows these are whatever and but They'll ask the same question like 20 times, but rephrase mm-hmm. the words. Oh, you would know this, but they rephrase the <laughs> words or uh, change the question around or they add mm-hmm. stuff. But then they'll try and catch you off guard with uh, a random uh, – have you ever had sexual thoughts about animals? But Or like different questions where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we've done enough. Like this this person's a good person, but let's see how he reacts to – where's his baseline on where he's telling the truth and all this? And I was just like – Whatever, but like the government, as you would know, with different. Uh, it's three p.m. Oh, day's over. Come back tomorrow. I'm just <laughs> right. like, what? So I was just super. But the next day it was like just kind of formalities, I think. Um, but yeah, it's super, super, um, super cool. Like it's kind of cool to mm-hmm. say you went through a polygraph like that. But uh, yeah, it's. I don't know if I would want to go through it again. Not because not about truth to tell the lie, but just sitting there, just literally on pins and needles. It's so stressful. Even though when you know you're telling the truth, it's so stressful. Well, so you I- have two people looking at you. The first day mm-hmm. I had a good cop, bad cop guy. And I'm just like, dude, come on. I've seen this movie. Like, stop. Like yeah, you've just- already talked to my 45 neighbors, everywhere right. I've lived, my priest, my, where I've worked. Like you already mm-hmm. like to stop. Um, I am glad to hear that you also got the animal question because I got the animal question and I was like, what, what has somebody told them about me well, that's what to I'm saying. even like, bring up this question? Right. I'm just like, what? Are you kidding me right now? I like, I want to say I, I shot one raccoon because it was attacking the chickens. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's super crazy. But you also think about these people that actually have done this that comes out in these polygraphs. It's yeah. like there are really sick people in this world. That that's true because somebody somewhere somebody had to make that question be asked uh, yes. in the beginning. So I, yes. I guess we need to be thankful it's on there. Yeah, for I guess. Some I reason. Mean, yeah, let's okay. Let's let's steer away from that. Um, so so it's been six plus years that you've been with Silver Spear, and you know from my perspective, it almost seems like you're the face of that company. Um, um, would you yeah, agree? Yeah, I would say because here's the th- this is why um my ceo chris Lauda is the bat like in terms of a father figure and obviously i have a great father uh but in terms of a i would say corporate uh uh security father like he is um he's done it all i mean he's in the book the dirt he was with motley crew all these bands and stuff mm-hmm. through their heydays and here he is still kicking ass with nickelback uh justin mm-hmm. bieber post malone um all this stuff and so for me to kind of 
jump work with him has, has been amazing. I'm learning every day. Like we have a new office now in Florida mm-hmm. um, with the training center. So our weekly calls and stuff are just, it's just super cool to see how it's kind of blown up the way it has. Uh, but he's also that generation where what's Instagram? What's why are we on Twitter? And so when I jumped over, I'm like, no, trust me. Like we need to hire a social media person, Justin Press, to mm-hmm. hire, do our social media because in this day and age, you need to stay relevant. Um, and I, I think what was important is through the COVID-19 stuff um, mm-hmm. is that a lot of people, we we looked super busy. Uh, well, what we were because there's a lot of state security and protest mm-hmm. stuff. And so that aspect of security world was very busy. Uh, but the importance of social media to show that, hey, we might not be on the road right now, but we can still talk about cool topics. We can mm-hmm. get serious. We can be funny. And so the social media aspect is a huge part of that. And I just kind of – I have no problem – doing that i have no problem mm. doing the zoom meetings or reaching out uh being the face because i believe in the brand and i think that's mm. important to have one person or someone who who works at a company be, be the face of it right. um but i have great staff i have great uh people that with their jobs with events and hiring and firing and all that stuff and just to kind of work with them it's it's super cool and i think a, a lot of times i think people and I, I just had a Zoom meeting the other day because we picked up this really big client in San Francisco. And I never met this guy, his assistant. Uh, and we were just talking. And he asked me about like this mentality of security and how I'm able just to kind of say what I say. And I go, listen, there are security professionals out there um, who treat security as a nine to five gig. It's a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And not to knock them because they have miles to feed, they have a roof on their head, they got bills to pay. I totally get that. But where you get the difference between myself and these people uh, is that this is my lifeblood. This is what I love. This isn't a paycheck to me. Mm-hmm. I could do what I do with no money because I believe in it. And so for me, that's kind of why. Again, I have no problem being the face. That's why we started the Spear Talk uh, podcast, mm-hmm. the outset of COVID, because we can at least get out there and push what we want to say and talk to really cool people uh, like yourself about different topics from domestic abuse to martial arts to wildlife conservation to uh, the veterans, VA hospitals, and everything like that. So it's super, it's super cool. And being the face of something like that, it's super important to me, yet it's super like humbling too. Like It's super cool. And you know, during COVID, you have also become the face of uh, a couple other things as well, because I think you're doing now at least three podcasts. Is that right? Yeah, I'm doing three. And I man, I recorded three other ones last week for other people. I have your awesome one this week. I got another one today, I think, with Jason Piccolo. I'm recording another episode mm-hmm. with him. Um, it just it, lots of people are always just like, how do you do it? Like, how are you like? stinks like sane right now well here's the i love chaos um i love madness um and i always love the idea of pushing myself further if i could go one minute longer or an hour longer or just to kind of build up that stamina because again i believe in what i talk about i'm very uh protective of what i represent and who i represent and whatever i could do to kind of talk about this stuff like i, I love it i think people just kind of they feel they get kind of pigeonholed where they they just kind mm-hmm. of accept what they're doing now, but you could you could always push yourself a little bit further, um, and I always I try to do that. But yeah, I three active podcasts that I'm literally part of, and I'm always jumping on other people's. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome because you you have so many interesting stories to tell. I think in so many different arenas that I know I appreciate you yeah, being willing to do that. There's some too where it's like I'm very. I guess I have the experience of different craziness going on uh, with like my background currently when I'm doing all this mm-hmm. stuff. But mm-hmm. it's I can also have no problem unbashedly being myself. Um, wear your heart on your sleeve and just do what you want to do, obviously safely and whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I'm going to live the life I want to live the best way I can. And if that's me being more outgoing and whatever. And mm-hmm. what's funny, um, it's been a year since obviously the pandemic first thing. And I used to do these – well, I still kind of do them. But these Instagram lives mm-hmm. where um, I would be drinking uh, or playing music or Q&As or just doing these really – bizarre stupid things well i just do it out of boredom and you know what i got some cores mm-hmm. here or uh think of jack daniels let's make some drinks and just have fun with my followers and it turned out like i get these messages when i first started doing it but still do going with screenshots say hey thank you for this um I was having a bad week or I was suicidal or my depression was really bad because I lost a family member or my job or I was I, – we were all home stuck in the houses, right, mm-hmm. for those six months or whatever. And right. people say, hey, you really helped. I could look forward to the end of the week on a Saturday night knowing you're doing this. And I never did it for that. But it kind of – for me, I had to take a step back and go, man, I, you have no idea the joy you can bring other people just by being right. yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I would encourage people – to smile, to laugh, to show emotion, get angry. But your actions, people look to your actions. And I think people resonate in different ways or however you handle yourself. I, I think mm-hmm. it's super important to kind of – we all have a duty to just kind of put ourselves out there because you don't know how it benefits yourself but how it can also benefit someone else that needed that that day. I think that's so true. And, and I think what's so interesting about you is that people see you, you know, as this, this security director, this, um, this presence, um, who's very stern and serious. And then to, to get that other side of you, um, cause I have seen some of those Instagram lives. Yeah. <laughs> um, very interesting. If, if you have not seen them, be on the lookout for the next one John does. But um, I think it's cool that you are willing to present that goofy, true side yeah, of yourself. Yeah, there's a gig and yang. I think so many people are just like – and there, I know some great security people um, that don't – that are they're, they're just like – I'm not going to say locked on because when I'm working, I'm very locked on. Mm-hmm. But there are people that just – They'll go through their life just being that person. And I think we have, we all have these personalities inside of us that, for me, I, I need to let out that goofy, stupid, mm-hmm. uh, dumb, laugh at my own jokes humor because it only strikes with my other personalities too and vice versa. And so you, that for me, it's a great release just to kind of get it out. And I can still be great at my job and have mm-hmm. still be that funny, goofy person because I think people respect you more because now they're like – Oh, he could be great, but the minute you mess up, he'll he'll snap, and so that's kind of why. But I, it's a beautiful yin and yang of just. I think everyone has these really cool personalities, but they're just afraid to either put them out or mm-hmm. talk about them. But just be yourself, and I think you'll kind of strengthen yourself if you do that. I think that that is what it is. People are afraid to do it. You know, they're afraid to show that goofy side or that yang side to themselves. Um, So I appreciate you doing that. I think it does mean a lot to the people that kind of know your work um, to see that other side of you. So thank you for that. Oh, awesome. 
Um, so I know that Silver Spear works with a lot of different events, different groups of people. Um, but one of the big things you guys do work with is, is bands and musicians. So is that uh, an avenue that you chose for yourself um, to work with bands uh, in Silver Spear or that kind of got chosen for you? Um, I think because my security background was a Secret Service and protection. Um, it was just it, it was a match made in heaven. I think that's why ultimately I wanted to told Chris, hey, when I come over, yeah, we'll overhaul the events, the cruises, we'll do all this crazy training stuff. But when I have the opportunity to go on the road, um, and I'm grateful that I could Nickelback, cool, Shine Down, cool, Smith Myers, cool, whoever. I have the luxury of picking who I go out with in the nice. sense that I believe in these clients specifically. Mm-hmm. And I want to work with them and do what I do for them. Uh, but yeah, I think it was, I love the physical aspect of being out there, the advancing, um, the handling of day-to-day activities, the security aspect of shows. Um, I love that being hands-on with it. Um, so it only felt natural um, to kind of do that kind of smooth transition because protection's protection is mm-hmm. protection. I don't care if you're watching your house, your cat, your neighbor, your loved one, or a band, like, you still have to have the same principles in place. It just it was just a, obviously a little bit different um, mm-hmm. where touring with a band is a little bit different than touring with uh, the Department of State or uh, Obama or that type of stuff. Absolutely. So <clears throat> when you're out there with, with your bands or musicians, you're kind of the gatekeeper, I would say. Yes. So, John, do you get your own groupies? Do you get the people that – that want to get to you to get to the band or just that um, want to get to you because you're you're John and, and you're I badass think, in I your think own what, right. What's really f- cool is that when the, during like the beat and greets and stuff like that, obviously mm-hmm. people know me. They'll, they know me more so now. Uh, but I don't – I'm not – there for them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that, I, don't, I, yep. I don't mean that to come off as harsh, but I'm there to make sure they can enjoy the time they have with these bands and guests, uh, the artists. So I'm very friendly. Like I don't do any like hugs like that. Like, I don't, obviously, unless I know you mm-hmm. um, and that type of thing. But again, I'm not part of the show. I help the show move forward. Um, and so there's a fine line between hanging out and uh, – like especially days off and stuff. I'm not there to hang out with fans or mm-hmm. that type of thing. Now again, obviously, if I know you, I'll be nice to you. Like I've had some of the best conversations with fans that in European street markets that I recognize that come up to me, "Hey, John." Mm-hmm. It's like stuff like that's really cool. It's organic. They're not get, looking to gain anything. And here's right. the thing too: I'm also not gonna. Oh yeah, I'll bring you to the band. Like no, like okay, I'll oh okay, I'll ask the band. And then oh, you want to sh- photograph the show? Cool. Let me ask the band. For me, I don't care, but I, this isn't mm-hmm. my call. So mm-hmm. there's stuff like that where there's a fine line. But all the Shine Down fans, specifically, they're all great. Like there's no, there's no issues. They know what the lines are to cross and not to cross. And uh, yeah, again, I'm just I'm just a part of that to help facilitate that uh, fan uh, band um, atmosphere. So I'm sure. I'm sure Aaron would be happy hearing that, that you're, you're very businesslike at the shows. Um, Aaron is your girlfriend. Yes. How long have you guys been together? Oh, God. It's probably the toughest <laughs> question I've gotten in two months. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not, not going to ask your anniversary date, so, so don't worry yeah, about that. <laughs> the, uh, I, okay, so I'll, I'll tell the whole story. I met her. I was in Saskatoon um, with Nickelback, and this was in October – End of September, I think, 2014. Or no, uh, 20, 
Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, end of 2017, I believe. It was in Saskatoon. We were at the hotel, uh, the Radisson Hotel in Saskatoon. And uh, she was working the coffee shop at the hotel lobby. And I, we just got off the bus. Um, and I was I was doing venue security. Uh, Chris was out with the, the band. So he had just somewhere else and whatever. So when the venue security, I, I, the night before, it was a long drive. And mm-hmm. so we had a good time on the bus. And uh, with the core like production uh, mm-hmm. tour manager, we had a really good time. And I stumbled off the bus, shorts, T-shirt. <laughs> it was it was 20, 30 degrees. Uh, stumbled in the hotel lobby. Room keys weren't ready yet because the hockey team was in town. Uh, but we'd stayed at this hotel before. And I love Saskatoon as a day off city because it was a really cool sushi place. So I'm like, oh, cool, whatever. I'm walking in the lobby. I sit down with uh, our production assistant and the uh, hospitality girl. Um, and we're just shooting the shit, drinking coffee in the lobby and uh, waiting for the room keys. And I look over. Um, I see someone over there where she is by the coffee. I'm like, I'm going to go get my coffee, whatever. So I walk over and I see her. I kind of like fumble. Not, uh, not, I don't drop anything, but I kind of, I get kind of caught off guard because I wasn't anticipating Aaron, or, and I didn't know, know her name at the time, but her being there and just being like, I was like, oh, wow, like you're really pretty. Uh, so I, I just came off as very like dumb, and I don't know if part of it because I was still hung over maybe, um, but I just came off as very uh, – uh, whatever. So I, I did the coffee. I go back, sit down. And I'm, I'm talking to the, our two uh, production assistants, and I'm like, "Man, I should have, I should have said more." Like, she's super cool. And they're like, well, "Why don't you go say something?" I'm like, "Oh, this is stupid. Like, I'm not that guy. Like, I don't. I've met so many people around the world that I've never, not once, have I ever been that person to be like, "Oh, here's my number. Oh, are you on Facebook? Ooh. Uh, so I'm just like, whatever. Like, stupid. So I go up to the hotel room, get the room key, and then I'm like. Oh my god! I what? I should go down because I've never had this feeling before. So I go down and I do it. I but she's not there. I'm like, oh god! And so whatever, I go back up to the room and then obviously I come back down because of other stuff, get stuff off the bus, and she's there again. And I'm like, hey, like, uh, I don't normally do this, so I, I apologize if I come off as super goofy and stupid right now, but. I love if you're around later, like let's grab dinner or something, or um, if you want to come to the show, uh, whatever. And obviously, she would know because she knows what band's coming and she loves Nickelback. Um, but she, nothing happened that night. Like, I would end up going to the movies. I think I actually saw John Wick 2 with our crew guys, which was <laughs> badass. So I was already excited. So, but good. the whole time during the movie, I'm kind of like, man, I wonder if she's going to text me. And sure enough, later that night, uh, she said, told us where to go for food and dinner. Um, and yeah, she'd love to come to the show and, uh, she came to the show and, uh, from there we just kind of kept in touch the rest of the Canadian tour, te- texting every day. Like I, I started to fall for her. Um, and then the last show of the tour was in Vancouver. So I flew her to the Vancouver show on uh, the day of, and she came to the show and then we, uh, the next morning we, um, I fly home to Massachusetts and she flies back to Saskatoon. It was one of those weird type of. Wow, is this going to end here? Um, and then we kept in touch. And we've been together ever since. So, wow, yeah. August October fifth was the Saskatoon show. So we technically call that, uh, I think the uh, your your anniversary the anniversary date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
So, so she's Canadian. Yes. And how often do you guys? Oh, let's let's talk pre-pandemic first. Pre-pandemic, um, every month or every two months, like uh, she she was uh, at the time. I know there's some whatever because the pandemic's affected Canada a lot differently. So gymnastics has <laughs> obviously slowed down, but she was on Team Canada. Uh, she's oh, wow. a she's a she's a champion gymnast, and so. Um, Every two months or so, every two to three months, we'd see each other. She'd come down here to see in Massachusetts, or I'd go up to Canada, or she'd meet me if I had two or three days off mm-hmm. on a show. She'd come down to the show and hang out for those two days or stuff like that. So we all it was super easy. Uh, we she respected my schedule, and obviously mm-hmm. I respected her schedule because she was doing competitions in Austria, all over Canada, wow. everywhere. So she's she knows the travel gig too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when the pandemic hit. That border is still shut down, and there's loopholes here and there where she could come down here or up there, but it's just like no one has 14 days to Mm -hmm. just force quarantine where it's like – it's not like you don't want to do that. You could spend the rest of your life with this person, but in this current situation, you can't do it because there's work. There's other stuff. Like she Mm -hmm. works full-time too, so there's other stuff where it's kind of – they put you in pigeonholes, and even what they did recently – um, is that if you go back to Canada from somewhere else, you have to force pay stay in one of these four cities for three nights at a hotel at your cost before you fly home. And it's like, what do you like? Again, we talked about this mm-hmm. off the record, but like this whole mentality with COVID, mm-hmm. like, like stop. Um, right. And so it's just like financially, sure, I could do it, like no problem. But it's like, why put someone through that? And so I'm not gonna lie, the first couple months of it. We're super – I was super – I'm not going to say depressed. Um, I would say I was super bummed out. And I think there were times when we would nitpick each other. I don't know if it was for the attention, but not necessarily start fights, mm-hmm. but just kind of like I would take out my anger towards the situation and be like, this is so stupid. Uh, what do we do? Like what? You can't even come down for my birthday and for selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but it took me that after a couple of months – where obviously we talk every day, uh, again, with technology, uh, Snapchats, uh, mm. Facebook Live, or Facebook, uh, or, Inst- or FaceTime, uh, FaceTime. Yep, yep, yep. uh, so we can always <laughs> see each other talk. Mm-hmm. That never changed. But it took me like a two months after, um, probably in March or May or, May or uh, whatever of the pandemic year in 2020 to be like, you know what? There are men and women who are together or – Serving overseas where they have families, they're in hell holes, uh, and I can't even comprehend what they're going through. And here I am bitching <laughs> that my life is tough, and I'm not that type of person. I'm like, what are we mm-hmm. doing? So we we both realize and we always say, hey, this could be much worse. Uh, we fight through this, we stick to this, and uh, we get this done. Um, but yeah, it's it was it's it's super different. A lot of people um, are very. Uh, they're like, how do you do it? How do you? Well, you you, you do it. Um, if you again, if you believe in something or someone, mm-hmm. uh, you do, you do what you can um, t- to make it work, and uh, that's kind of uh, what we've been doing. So, you guys still have not seen each other. I have not seen her for a year and three months. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. So, I I guess the borders opening up. Um, in uh, end of next month or something, mm-hmm. time is May, which she'll be able to come down. So we have plans in place. But again, now work starting up again. So it's just like right. uh, it's all great problems to have. Like I'm forever grateful. Like I will never uh, 
but yeah, there's other paperwork we're looking at now too, where it's like, hey, maybe we do have to get engaged or expedite some stuff. Um, where it's kind of at least get the paperwork going. Where it's like right. now you now it's like because the weird the wording is you, there's not only businesses and families suffering because they can't cool their summer houses or their mm-hmm. businesses of work or everything like that, but defines significant other. Like, why do right. I have to be married to this person to, to consider this my life partner? It's just mm-hmm. the wording like that where it's kind of like. I get on paper why it helps cut down the curb of whatever, but here's mm-hmm. the thing. Uh, if social distancing and masks were working, where does it matter where these people are coming from? And so I'm just like, you know, I again, that was more of the anger. I was like, this, what, what can we do? Like, I know people, to go, like, we can find loopholes here. It's like, end of the day, like, you know what, take a step back and just be grateful that you have someone to even have these conversations with. Right. Absolutely. Do you think it was a little bit easier for you guys to deal with the pandemic because your relationship started long distance? Yes. So the long distance, I definitely think helps because we were already two years into it, um, just just, just doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, for us, that that's not really a problem. And plus the work schedules, normal years – our schedule, I'm seeing her in four different states. I didn't think mm-hmm. I'd be seeing her in or go to these different Canadian cities with her or whatever. Um, but I do think they're moving forward. Like there'll be more of an effort of both our parts to really put the time in to spend time with that person in mm-hmm. their hometown or whatever, um, just to kind of get away from the madness when we can. So, uh, yeah. So do you think in general it's been better or worse as far as, you know, to me it it seems very romantic and romanticized that, oh, I get to see this person in this city or this city and and you're kind of always traveling and always in a new place together. Um, What do you think about that? Do you think that makes things better or is it kind of worse that, oh, we just don't get to stop and slow down Um and be at home? Yeah, and I I love those moments because I have no problem just laying in bed or just watching a movie or just eating a bag of popcorn, like just being goofy in the yard. Like that for me, those are the best moments. But when it comes time to different cities and stuff, like you can still have those experiences with that person Mm -hmm. in these different cities. Yeah, it's not your home or her home or whatever, but uh, you can still try to do restaurants like as well as the cool Mm -hmm. things where it's like, oh – I've been to this restaurant, but hey, you find a cool restaurant, maybe we'll join together or something like that. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, there, it's just different stuff. I mean, you, you make it work. Like whether I collect magnets, so I'm always getting magnets that represent mm-hmm. times we spent together in cities. Um, so, yeah, there's little things like that we do too. That's super cool. I also collect magnets, so I get that. Yeah, nice. Um, so – you have kind of always been in the position of a long distance relationship. I mean, pretty much your entire working and adult life, right? Correct. Correct. So, I mean, what does a normal relationship look like to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have plenty of friends and family. They're obviously uh, married couples or dating a long time and – I, I, I never I never get jealous about that stuff. Like I wish there were times where we're all together where I could have Aaron there or I'm sure vice versa for her. Um, I'm not going to speak for her, but I would assume she'd say yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, where it's like, man, I wish I could be out here hiking with my girlfriend or at the concert with my girlfriend mm-hmm. or out to dinner with our group. Um, I also have no problem being the third wheel either. So I am more than happy uh, ruining <laughs> other people's nights uh, too. So no, but I mean there's – for me, I just the the ups and downs, the the little things. Like I, I don't know. Like, I always envision 
uh, doing yard work together or housework or Sunday drives or just doing stuff together where it's like, yeah, you can have bad days and you can have great mm-hmm. days, but at least someone there to kind of talk to with for advice or, I mean, this, yeah, I mean, for me, that'd be the ideal relationship. It doesn't have to be, oh, and having a sip of coffee at the, the Eiffel Tower. Like for me, sure, that's cool, but it's just the little moments, no matter where we are, for however fleeting moment is. That for me is, I think, what makes that defines the ideal relationship. Nice. Um, what would you say has been the biggest challenge for you guys in starting out with a long distance relationship? You know, I think a lot of people, they meet and they're, they're together for a period of time and then there's travel involved or whatever, but well, right I, from I the get go, yeah, you I guys think the first were... thing is trust because you don't really know the person, right? Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have to tell them about your life. And so funny story, one of the first things because I did t- – obviously, when you meet somebody, you're like, oh, I used to be married. I, I'm divorced. Like, you don't say that because um, <laughs> right. it's like you don't want to scare this person. Mm-hmm. Now, but for me, though, I'm very open. And it took me like a couple of weeks after. But, hey, just so you're aware, uh, yes, I am head over heels for you. But I think it's only fair to you to let you know, hey, I was married. And it took me a while to even be like, oh, God, she's going she's gonna to be scared off. Because I think there is a stigma of going through divorce. Mm-hmm. And especially there was – I mean, now I think – there's right. so many people don't value marriage, the idea of it, that it's just kind of mm-hmm. thrown away. Um, but for me, I was kind of like, oh, man, this is – I'm going to be super bummed. If she, but I, I'll, I'll understand it. Uh, but she was super – she's like, well, uh, well, stuff happens for a reason and tell me about like, what happened and stuff. And it's just – she's very welcoming, uh, like very supportive of, hey, your life is your life. Um, and your past is your past. We're here now. And hearing that stuff, like really reaffirming, like, oh, mm-hmm. cool. This, this girl is really awesome. Nice. So you said, uh, you know, a lot of people don't value marriage anymore um, or, or kind of that concept. And, you know, I hear a lot of uh, especially younger people say, oh, I'm never getting married. What's the point? It's just a piece of paper. So having been divorced, what what are your feelings on that now? Uh, well, I would say to those people, you, you're just, you're going based on, like, I don't know, like that's, that's a whole other, uh, thing for me. I don't, I don't have any regrets. And so, um, yeah, it, it, for me, I've always had like, well, man, maybe I'll never get married again. Or I'll never find this other person. I think that's just stupid, selfish thinking. Like there's, there's literally someone on this earth for someone else. And you just got to find that person, whether it's finding yourself first before this person finds you or vice versa. But that, that, that option is there. Everyone can be happy and they deserve to be happy. Um, but I wouldn't, if I never went, got married, I never would have met Aaron. Mm-hmm. And so it took me a while to realize that where it's like, I had to get married. I had to get divorced and I had to j- change jobs to get this step. And maybe uh, one thing led to another. Uh, maybe it was just uh, the right time, the right place, the right time for us. But I, there's nothing I would change in terms of the the idea of the marriage divorce. Um, yeah, I was sad afterwards because I'm like, oh god, I let my family down and grandparents. Like, I'm, I come from old school family where it's mm-hmm. at the time I was the first divorce in the family. Um, wow. So I was like, oh god, but like. It's again when you have great friends and family. It's like, hey, it's part of life. You can only control so much, uh, whatever. Like it wasn't a messy divorce. Like there's no fighting over anything. Like it was. There's nothing bad about that. But it's just you know what it it happened. And 
that was really cool to have like the family and stuff, fan mm-hmm. support, um, whatever. But uh, yeah, that's basically how I I feel about it. I think you have a great attitude. I completely agree with you in that everything that we go through has brought us to the place that we are. And and I know sometimes that's a cliche to cliche way to look at things because um, nobody wants to go through the really hard stuff. But if we didn't go through those things, we wouldn't be exactly who we are today and where we are today. So I really appreciate that. Um, that concept from you and, and that that's kind of what you live by. So what advice would you give uh, to other long distance couples, people who maybe have met and are together and now one is starting to travel or the other is, or maybe they're like you guys and, you know, meet somewhere and, and immediately go off in their own direction. But, you know, what do you think are the keys to success? Uh, honesty is going to be huge uh, because you're not with that person all the time. And you don't, if you don't, especially if you're starting out, you have to build that trust up with being honest. Tell them about your past. Uh, tell them about stuff that you think could, if it ever came out, could affect uh, stuff moving forward. Whether it was, mm-hmm. hey, I used to be married or I actually have a third kid or it's that type of stuff <laughs> where uh, you have to talk about that. But value the time you have with each other and don't ever go to bed. Don't go to bed mad at that person. I think it's so easy to go to bed pissed off and don't get me wrong. There could be situations where you are pissed off and there's a rightful reason. He said something, she said something, uh, whatever. And so I, I get that, but it's so the easiest thing you can do is go to bed bad. And the people that I think don't realize that are the ones that, uh, if you when I if I'm bad or say there's something it could be work it could be anything in general mm-hmm. I need to like three minutes before I even fall asleep hey just decompress and maybe take a shower and say hey this is think, put this in my head this isn't that bad we're, we're gonna get this better and I already I wake up the next morning feeling okay ready to go like we've moved on let's get mm-hmm. this done I think it's super easy for people to go to bed pissed off because then they're gonna wake up pissed off and they, they don't solve anything so now they just put eight to ten hours in between. The, the reaction to what they're feeling now, it's like you accomplish nothing. And mm-hmm. so I think it's super, super vital to, hey, what, let your feelings out, get emotional, uh, cry, laugh, get, scream, but talk through it. Um, and I think nine times out of 10, you're going you're gonna to rescue or help solve that problem where instead of putting a piece of leaky uh, piece of tape on a leaky bow of a ship, you're going to put a new piece mm-hmm. of wood there and it's going to keep floating. So I think for me, those are the number two, honesty and just don't go to bed uh, angry. And those sound like they would be great pieces of advice for really any relationship, not just long distance, yeah. but – Pretty much anybody. Yeah, and I think the whole thing too, the long distance, you can't you have to you you're in that relationship, so you have to make it work if you want it to work. Mm-hmm. And so the daily calls, the texting, the reminders, uh, the f- goofy videos you can send out. I mean, technology <laughs> now is super beneficial when used in this way to for relationships, because if you can't see someone or um, mm-hmm. some of my best friends for relationships are people from out in California to Australia to Japan to uh, Russia, where it's like, hey, we can still be great friends and put our feelings out and laugh and mm. talk shit. Uh, so that that stuff's awesome. That's just so super great. Uh, but yeah, yeah, long Maybe they're hard. I don't know. Uh, I don't think nothing's too hard in life. Um, 
So I mean, we're putting a man on on Mars soon. So I think we can figure out a long term relationship. If you wanted to, if you here's the thing, um, relationships should always be a hundred a hundred. The fifty mm-hmm. fifty bullshit is stupid mm-hmm. because it should be a two hundred percent total. If you do only fifty fifty, a hundred percent out of two hundred, you're halfway there, and you're not gonna do anything. So what? Put everyone should be putting in a hundred on each side, and I think when you get that to the point, uh, you have a successful relationship it doesn't have to be long term either yeah that that's a great point i love that 100 100 that is perfect because the 50 50 then you're only doing half right it's like why put in half the work if you're only putting half yourself how do you anticipate or expect this person to put their 100 percent in it's not fair what would you say to people who think the perfect relationship isn't work. You know, the, there's people out there with that misconception that, oh, well, if this was a great relationship, it's it's easy. It doesn't take any work. It, it should be effortless. Uh, I would say stop watching TMZ, these Hollywood uh, <laughs> weddings that are people broadcasted. Uh, and here's the thing. Those people, those couples, they might be happy. And I think it's different because they have to put their stuff out there in social media to appease uh, their mm-hmm. sides and their people. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a really good question. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to say it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've never seen that effortless relationship, you know, I well, think in like, the beginning. Right. Like, where do you, like, I, there's effort somewhere coming from somewhere, um, where do you put that out? Like, I don't know. I, may, if someone's, if something's effortless, you're really good at it. Now I look at like those tie end athletes or mm-hmm. these authors that write these incredible books every day of the week. Uh, so their, their efforts, they're, they're putting the effort mm-hmm. in, but they it looks so flawless because they're so good to it. So maybe mm-hmm. these perfect relationships, they put the time in 20, 30 years. I love, uh, the Goldie Hawn, Russell Crowe. Never got married. Mm-hmm. You never hear any drama. They've been together, what, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And I would think that's a flawless relationship. But you never hear anything about it, so maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, there's nothing wrong with having a relationship that isn't flawless either. Right. And so your relationship imperfections, maybe they're perfect for you guys. And so maybe, I don't know, Like it's it's very interesting. I don't know if I'd want to be in a flawless, perfect relationship. I think because then you're not. What are your goals to get better every day as a couple? Right? It just seems really right. weird. It seems like that would get really boring as well. Yes. I think if everything's so perfect every day, like wow. I don't know if I'd want that Stepford Wives uh, relationship right. where it's everyone's robotic. Oh, wake up, make coffee, burr, 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 burr. So I don't know. I don't think I I, I wouldn't want that. But here's the thing: mm-hmm. I, I'm also not a relationship expert maybe there are people that, that want that and need that and if they're happy you know what if happiness is for happiness for these people then i'm all for their happiness i think that's very true you know one thing i always say when it comes to relationships and and the work that i do with domestic abuse is that we can't define success for another person so you know i can't tell you what equals success for you or what outcome is deemed successful for you i can only determine that for myself so i guess that's a great way to look at it is we can't really deem what is a successful relationship for somebody else as long as it's happy and healthy and safe right then you know looking looking from the outside i guess that would be a success 
for right. each person. Yeah, so, I think we, I think we all deserve to have that happiness. Mm-hmm. And if you have to go through some years of yuck and muck and mm-hmm. bullshit, like if you want to get find that happiness, you have to go through that. Uh, so do it and don't. Sure, you'll have to take a step back. Oh man, I can't do this today. That's okay, but you got to do mm-hmm. it eventually. So get a head start. That's a great piece of advice. So what what's next for you and Aaron? Uh, well, I, we had these plans in our head about like possible, uh, like engagement, like all, like we had plans in our head, like timelines, because I knew this year in 2020 anyway, the, the China was going to be touring because I'd work on a new mm-hmm. album. I knew there'd be enough time to kind of plan stuff like, Hey, uh, maybe you move to uh, uh, USA or I, we get a place up in Canada just so I can start building up my, uh, mm-hmm accreditation to getting the dual passport citizenship type stuff or vice versa. Uh, but yeah, it's just kind of taking it day by day with everything. Like our relationship is super strong right now and it always has been. And uh, I think the first thing will actually just be getting to actually hug each other, mm-hmm. uh, kiss each other uh, because it's been too long. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's just, we have plus because like, Every time like a new country opens up with the pandemic, like, oh, we can fly there. But I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I can get there. No problem. Uh, but you're going to have to spend uh, 45 days in a wooded arc <laughs> outside your country because they don't <laughs> want to let you back into your, your home. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we're always looking at stuff. We're always trying to create these new things where we can put on paper. Like, oh, mm-hmm. we should go back to uh, – because one of our great trips we did with, uh, with the Banff. Uh, she took me up there. Mm-hmm. We had a great time and all that stuff. So we always put creating these new dates and stuff like, hey, let's do this, let's do that. Oh, I'm going to come to this show or, hey, do you know this person on this tour? I'd like to go to this show or like this type of thing. So it's like we we have that. We like to create these memories, at least put them on paper because it's a cool mm-hmm. kind of thing to kind of reach look, look look forward to outside the normal relationship type stuff. It sounds like a relationship bucket list almost. Yeah. No, I think – yeah, there's certain stuff. I mean there's – I don't, yeah, it's actually be kind of a cool thing to do. I mean, I don't, I've always wanted to go on a hot air balloon, but mm-hmm. I would always have this deep fear of, uh, like the thing just torching out and falling, <laughs> plummeting to the ocean. So there's stuff on the bucket list I would probably not want to put on there just because she'd be like, oh, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, oh, God, no. Uh, so yeah, no, that's a great <laughs> idea. Nice. Well, what would be just your last wind up piece of advice that you would give to people as it pertains to relationships. Man, this is a, this is breaking a sweat out here on this podcast. (laughs) No, this is a super cool question. Cause again, I'm not, I've never asked these and I love the fact that I'm not prepared to ask them uh, or answer them. Um, I would say that in life, there are going to be some really dark days uh, there'll be some really bad days, whether it's personal health, family health, um, all this stuff. But if you're with your significant other, uh, married, dating, whatever, um, don't lean on them for support. But if you are going through a bad personal day with a family member or something at work or something, don't bring that home and expect that significant other of yours to carry that baggage too. Um, and don't lash out at them um, with your anger or whatever. Yes, they're there for support. But you have to respect them enough not to uh, drag them into what you're dealing with in that sense. I, I, I've seen a lot of uh, people kind of 
that what's that saying? Don't bring work home. Right. Um, and I think, I think that there's something really to that. Cause you would know as a cop, like <sighs> the stuff you see, and I'm just like, and I used to be in law enforcement. The stuff you see is totally mm-hmm. different than what I saw. And you have to bring that home and go back to it the next day. But mm-hmm. you also have to spend time at dinner or at the house doing normal family stuff right. with your partner. And you're kind of like, how do you, how do you lash out? I'm sure you've had you've had the I'm sure mm-hmm. you lashed out or had a shitty day and brought that home, and that's not fair to your partner either. Um, I think the best thing to do is talk about your feelings and put it out there, and that's how the best way to support you. Uh, just getting home screaming because you had a tough day, you, you witnessed mm-hmm. a domestic and the victim died, or there was a police shooting and your partner got shot, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That's not fair to your partner. Yes, they understand what you do for work and what you what you're surrounded by, but you sh- you you have to there there has to be a smart way of bringing them into that. That way, they're not caught mm-hmm. off guard by you having your bad day brought home. I love it. I think I think the real keys that I take away from you today is be your goofy self yes. and be selfless. You know, really be true to your heart and give to others. Yeah, I think that's super important. It's so easy to take, 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 but mm-hmm. just being yourself, you don't realize what you give someone else that's having a bad day or needing to hear your advice. And obviously with your podcast, somebody can listen to these episodes you're doing and be like, man, I didn't know I needed this today. And I think that's the most mm-hmm. important thing uh, someone could ever say to you is, I didn't know I needed this. Um, and that's a super cool thing. I think you're going to do awesome things on this podcast. Thanks, John. Well, I appreciate you hanging out with me today and sharing uh, some things that you have never shared before. Yeah, I, I never. I, I, I'm excited that I made you sweat a little with some of these questions. Um, that's been pretty cool for me because I know you're a pretty seasoned host and guest here. Yes. So, uh, yeah, no, it was super rad. I think you, uh, I love it. I'm excited to see who else you bring on this podcast. I want to see some other people in the hot seat. Uh, yes. So, and, and you will see some other people in the hot seat coming up very soon. So love it, John, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your travels that are coming up in a couple weeks and hopefully you and Aaron will be together again very, very soon. Love it. And, uh, you can come out to a show too. So we'll have fun. Fantastic. Sounds awesome. great. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I hope that you really enjoyed the conversation I had with John. I know I learned a ton about him, a ton about the success of long distance relationships and what you can do to have success in your own relationship, whether long distance or not. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. And remember, you are worth it.